Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. A couple of weeks ago, we talked to State Representative Matt Garkley, but we thought we needed to do equal time for our listeners who listen to us on WZUM in Braddock in the Woodland Hills School District and talk to the 34th District, the new representative there. Representative Abigail Salisbury uh, has taken over for former State Representative Summer Lee, who has uh, gone on to the U.S. House of Representatives. She is a graduate of Pitt Law School and of the Graduate School of of Public and International Affairs at the University of Pittsburgh, and she also was a Swiss Vale Council person. We're interested to know what made her decide to take this next step into the state legislature, what are some of her priorities there, and what did she learn as she traveled around the district? So good morning, uh, Representative Salisbury. Good morning. Uh, so essentially, uh, the reason I, I decided to uh, run for state representative position after having been on council for five years, uh, I was tired of two things. Thing number one was the district was falling down. So, you know, everybody knows about the Fern Hollow Bridge that yeah. bridges Dan Frankel's district and my district. Uh, but we have a number of other infrastructure challenges. My own car went through the street uh, where I live over here in Swissvale because sewer laterals are failing and eroding the the um, structure that supports the streets. Of course, we've seen pictures of entire cars being swallowed up in Wilkinsburg borough. Uh, we haven't yet had a, a bus go through the street uh, as we had downtown, downtown in that, Pittsburgh. Uh, photo. Yeah. But we do have um, other challenges. So for instance, we have uh, pretty significant stormwater runoff issues that then lead to sewage overflow into uh, Frick Park because we have the combined sewer problems. Uh, we have a Norfolk Southern Railroad bridge that Norfolk Southern won't fix and is currently closed. Um, our own borough building here in Swissdale collapsed yeah. with people in it in 2020. Uh, I could go on and on. We have yeah. landslides. We have so many things going on. And I felt like that was something that somebody really needed to tackle. Uh, the other issue is being in local government. I felt that state government was not responsive to my needs. So when I would try to reach out to, uh, for example, PennDOT, PUC, I felt very ignored, very neglected. I felt that my community's issues were not very important to the state government. So there are 12 municipalities in District 34, uh, boroughs and townships. And then I also have just the edge of uh, the city of Pittsburgh. And so I wanted to act effectively as a liaison um, and help people out as much as I could who serve in local government because they were elected by their constituents, just as I'm elected by my constituents at the, at the district level. So uh, they are people who were selected by their neighbors to represent their communities. And I think they deserve respect and they're best situated in many ways to communicate with the state government about what their communities need. Uh, we're talking with uh, State Representative Abigail Salisbury. What, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they live in the district or if maybe they're interested in relocating to the district? 
So uh, I didn't intentionally set it up this way, but it seems like the way that most people like to get in touch with me is via Facebook. I get tagged on a lot of things. Back when I was on council, it might be as simple as a a shopping cart has been abandoned somewhere. Can somebody (laughs) return that to Giant Eagle? It might be my trash didn't get picked up or we have a pothole. Um, But people are continuing that same approach um, in terms of uh, my my state rep position. So please feel free to follow me on Facebook and tag me in things. Um, I uh, where's your district office I'm, located? If people want to stop by the district office, absolutely. District office is a great place to go. Um, my district office is down in Braddock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also I have a law office in Swissvale, so I've had some people get lost and come to my law sure. office um, and then stand outside, and there was no one there <laughs> to yeah, help them. Sure. Um, but yeah, I took over uh, Summer Lee's office. So if you know where Brew Gentleman is yeah. down in Braddock, you're, you're welcome to come there too. I, I think course. it's in the same building that uh, AGH has their urgent care and medical clinics uh, in. So right there on Braddock Avenue, the main street. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're talking with Abigail Salisbury. You are not originally from the Pittsburgh area. Is that correct? You're from the Cleveland area? I'm originally from Ohio. Okay. Uh, I'm part of a special program that Ohio set up to send people to other states and infiltrate their governments. <laughs> Um, your, your undergraduate, um, I think, is from, from Case Western? Yes. Okay. So yeah. I'm originally from Ashtabula County. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I grew up there, um, but my uh, dad lost his job at the General Electric plant because that was mostly um, shut down and sent to other countries uh, for that work. So we moved to Pennsylvania, um, where I went to middle school and high school okay. uh, up at Erie. Okay. So then I went to Ohio and went to Case Western Reserve for Got, college. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I had the, the timeline a little bit uh, messed up, but not that dissimilar uh, from the same issues facing Pittsburgh are are the same issues facing that Cleveland, Akron, Youngstown area and the Erie Meadville corridor. So you've gotten kind of the tour of of these kind of Rust Belt towns, for better or for worse. Yeah, very much so. So actually, after my dad lost his job at General Electric, um, after 24 years and 11 months of service, can you guess when your pension kicks in? Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. Um, So uh, he ended up working at a tool and die company in Meadville. And that was my first introduction to a way that a community could try to redevelop its economy because there, I don't know if people know, but the zipper is uh, from Meadville, like and, the invention of the zipper. And Channel Lock um, Flyers, I believe, are from Meadville. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. so I think the radio station is actually WZPR, the okay. zipper. So, um, But they had the old Talon Zipper building. And so they used that as what we would today call an incubator accelerator for tool and die companies to um, foster these startup companies and then move them out into their own facilities. So that's where my dad ended up getting a job. You're, you're an attorney by by trade, by practice. Um, what attracted you to run for Swissville Borough Council in the first place? That That is a job that a lot of people I, – I don't want to say it's a thankless job because you probably do get thanked or you probably did get thanked a lot. But it, it's, it's a lot of work for sometimes uh, also a lot of frustration as well. What, what inspired you to run for that job? So one thing about Borough Council is I always say it is what you make it. Uh, you can be incredibly involved. Uh, sometimes I spent more hours per week working on that than I did being a lawyer. Yeah. Or you can, you know, do the bare minimum, and then every, you know, there are people who are everywhere in between. Um, so it is what you make of it in many ways. Um, plus, you, 
get that luxurious $180 a month. So right. that's exciting. Um, but uh, basically, I ran for council because I would go to council meetings and I would see people in the community go to public comment or uh, present petitions to council back at that time. And they didn't really get listened to. Um, people would say something and then people who were on council at that time would tell them, uh, well, if you want to have a say in this community, you need to get elected and sit up here. Or I remember one time someone brought a petition and someone on council said, we don't listen to petitions and threw it away. So to me, I felt that that was inappropriate because I think that we live in a representative system of government where you're supposed to listen to the people in the community. So I said, all right, if you need to be listened to, you know, if you want to be listened to in this community, you need to run, I'll run. So um, I went to a program at Chatham for women who wanted to learn how to run for office. That was in 2017. And they said normally they struggled to get a classroom full of people, but they had a whole auditorium that year because Donald Trump had gotten elected the previous year. And um, so I went to that program. Actually, Sarah and Amarato um, yep. uh, was in that same uh, cohort of people. And so I spent my $249 to be below the amount where you have to file campaign finance because I didn't know how to do that at the time. And uh, my only campaign promise was I said, I'll listen to you and I will represent things that you have to say on council. So that's what I always tried to do is I would say people are telling me X, Y, Z and try to be the voice of people who are not on council because for so long people just were not listened to. We have to take a 30-second break. When we come back, I want to pick that up because you're not the first person over the last few years who has told me that you got inspired to run in, in 2017. I, I think Sharnay <laughs> Jones told me the, the, the same thing when we had her uh, on the program uh, a couple of years ago. So I want to talk to you about that because I, I think there are there is a need for people to, to want to get involved. Um, but then I want to also sort of shift gears a little bit and talk about what your legislative priorities are and, and what you've learned for, from talking with people in the district, okay? Absolutely. Uh, Abigail Salisbury is the new state representative for District 34. Her district office is on Braddock Avenue in Braddock, although uh, as she mentioned, a lot of people do reach out to her on her Facebook page, and that's who our guest is for the entire half hour this morning. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Striffler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Striffler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Striffler's.com or call 4 612-678-6191. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is State Representative Abigail Salisbury. She represents the 34th District, which is many of the Woodland Hills communities, but also touches the uh, eastern part of the city of Pittsburgh. She is new to the State House of Representatives. Is it intimidating to walk into that uh, big building? Because that would be intimidating for me. And I've heard other newly elected people say, I, I'll say Lieutenant Governor Austin Davis told me, like, he said it took him a while to get over, like, walking in there and saying, I get to work in this building every day. Um, is, is it intimidating? Yeah. Yeah. 
For people who have never been to the state capitol, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, there's a quote in the floor from past President Theodore Roosevelt that said it's the handsomest building I ever saw. Um, <laughs> They, they spared no expense. I, I think all the time that if we ever built a building like that nowadays, sure. every last one of us would lose our seat the next year <laughs> because <laughs> there's no way you could spend this amount of money today. I mean, gold ceilings and yeah. fresco paintings, and it's a lot. The sheer amount of marble. They told me that the, that source of marble is exhausted now. There's no more to even be gotten. So um, it's a pretty spectacular uh, building. Um, so I... I think that it is quite an awesome responsibility if you think about it as yeah. well, aside from the aesthetics of it. It is kind of an impressive uh, concept. But at the same time, a lot of people have no idea what we do there. Yeah, so sure. if I talk to people about, you know, people say, uh, you know, oh, what do you do for a living? You say, well, normally I'm a lawyer, but right now I'm a state representative. And they're like, what is that? And I've yeah. had people come up to me and say, what even, like, what are you running for? What is it? Like, I know you're not on council anymore. What are you doing? Yeah. And I always have to explain, well, you know, there's a U.S. Congress. Pennsylvania kind of has its own Congress. And yeah. so we make laws for the state, among other things. Um, so I think that simultaneously, it can feel very impressive, but also people don't necessarily know who you are, what you're doing or anything. Um, I went out to dinner with then whip Jordan Harris, um, with, uh, Matt Gurgley and, um, Joe McAndrew when we all got elected in the specials in February. And he said, the number one thing I want to tell you is not to fall in love with this. Don't get impressed with yourself. Don't fall in love with this experience because people let it go to their heads. That, okay. I, in general, I think that's probably good advice. But yeah, for someone in elected office, for sure. You, you mentioned that when you ran for, for borough council in, in Swissville the first time, you, you, you didn't have much money to spend and you didn't spend much money, but you spent a lot of time out uh, talking to people and listening to them. It, it was a very accelerated time frame uh, for the February special elections. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming you did not get as much time to talk to people in the district. But I know you did do a lot of traveling around the district. What did people voice to you as their number one concerns uh, for, for, that, that that they wanted you to work on? So when when I was on borough council in Swissvale, we did a community survey, and the number two, number one, and two things that people wanted us to work on were things for the environment and things for children. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I went around the district, I had much of that repeated. Same thing. I heard about we want environmental justice initiatives, we want good educations for the kids, and then the infrastructure issues that I mentioned before Sink were holes. also yeah, <laughs> sinkholes yeah. and bridges, yeah. Incredibly important um, because, of course, the, the bridge had fallen down and we have the closed bridge that I mentioned here in Swissvale. And so we have a number of issues across the district because a lot of the infrastructure here is in excess of 100 years old. So you have a very wide range of socioeconomic and demographic uh, groups in, in your district. You have um, very wealthy communities, but you also have communities that are, are really struggling. Um, are the needs the same or or how do the needs differ in in Churchill and, and Forest Hills, for instance, versus East Pittsburgh or Wilkinsburg? So I would say that everybody pretty wants this pretty much wants the same thing. They want a 
community that feels safe to them. They want an opportunity for them and their kids to succeed. Uh, they want to feel like they have a healthy environment where they have clean air to breathe, clean water to drink. Most people want similar things. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, even like I thought it was a good experience for me to be on Swiss Vale Council because even in Swiss Vale, we have $50,000 houses, we have million dollar houses. Yeah. So we have a big range and the district is the same way. We have uh, low income census tracts. We have areas where people have a six or seven car garage and country clubs. So it's a very big range. And I think that the best example I can tell people is if you've ever seen that meme where uh, people who are all different heights are trying to look over a fence. And if you give them all the same size thing to Ladder, stand on, yeah. like a box, they can't, it doesn't really help. But that's supposedly equitable because everybody's getting the same thing, but it's not. Real equity is sometimes you have to help people who need more of a boost to see over the fence. So that's some of the work that I'm trying to do now. Um, one of the things I promised when I was running is that I wanted to help people get grants because of the 12 municipalities that are in this district, only four of them routinely get any state funding. So, um, yes. So Swissvale and Wilkinsburg um, often get uh a good amount of funding. My mom actually writes the grants for Wilkinsburg. She's the <laughs> finance director over there. Okay. Um, so good for her. Go mom. But, yeah, right. um, yeah, but uh, a lot of these communities don't really get uh, much. And I have communities who are in Act 47 or coming out of Act 47. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to do was make it easier for people to get grants. So one of the first things I did was I made a list of every elected official in this district. There are over 100 elected officials in District 34. And we did an online teams uh, training for every single grant that is available from the state for municipalities, when it's due, how to apply for it, what kind of projects it qualifies for. And then we uh, recorded that, put it on YouTube so they can refer back to it all the time. Um, but the biggest then question that I got was, but what if you don't have anybody who knows how to write a grant? Sure. So that was my next thing that I wanted to work on. And being a nonprofit attorney, I know that there's a capacity gap uh, in nonprofits and it's the same in municipalities where you can't get ahead because you can't get the funding to get ahead. <laughs> so it's yeah. a chicken egg problem yeah. where you need money to hire the grant writer to get the grants, but you don't have the money to do that. So you don't get the grant. So, um, on uh, this coming week, on Monday and Wednesday, in the local government committee, which I asked to be put on to do just this kind of work, um, I am going to be talking about my bill to um, provide free uh, grant writing assistance to municipalities that have a low income census tract or who haven't gotten any state funding in at least two years, um, because I have boroughs in my district that haven't gotten funding in many years right? because um, they just don't have any way to access that. So it would provide a free grant writer to that community to be able to access state funding. And then if they're successful in getting the state funding, they would pay back a small amount into the fund that pays for the grant writers. So it becomes self-perpetuating and, and self-sustaining then. Correct. Correct. Uh, let me toss a curveball at you. And, and I know this is a third rail question in the Mon Valley because I've grown up here all my life. Is it possible that we have too many of these communities and do they need to be maybe sharing some more services beyond 
grant writing? Well, you're playing with fire when you talk exactly. about Exactly. I know. I know. That's the dangerous question, right? Um, so what we what we have been able to do um, when I was on Swiss Vale Council is enter into some intermunicipal cooperation agreements for purchase services. So Swiss Vale picks up trash, for instance, for Chalfont, also in Homestead, which is no longer in District 34, but used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Swiss Vale is the police department several days a week for Braddock Hills. Okay. And then there's a fee for service there that is um, paid into that. Okay. Uh, so that allows municipalities to retain their independence and have their own uh, councils and mayors, but they can do shared services. So um, back when I was at graduate school for public and international affairs, I did a master's degree in public policy and management. That's one of the things that I worked on in my capstone project is that um, intermunicipal cooperation agreement concept and shared services purchase agreement. State Representative Abigail Salisbury is our guest this morning. She represents the 34th District. You can find her on Facebook. That's often the quickest way that people get in touch with her. Or you can visit her district office, which is on Braddock Avenue in Braddock Borough. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, and we'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. Support for this broadcast comes from the City of McKeesport Fair Housing Office. Fair housing is your right, and the Fair Housing Act prohibits discrimination in housing because of race, color, national origin, religion, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, family status, or disability. That includes renting or buying a home, getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing-related activities. For more information about Fair Housing Act protections in the city of McKeesport, call 412-675-5020, extension 635. Back for a final few minutes with State Representative Abigail Salisbury. She is new to the state legislature. We're talking about what some of her legislative priorities are and what some of the things that she has heard from people in the district as she's been traveling around. One of the biggest issues that I hear from, and I know it's come up in Allegheny County in the county executive race a lot, is blighted buildings, empty buildings, abandoned buildings. I think somebody at one of the county executive forums said that 41% or 45% of all of the blighted buildings in Allegheny County are in the Mon Valley area, which is is part of your district. What are some state-level strategies that can help communities uh, such as Swiss Vale, Edgewood, Wilkinsburg, Braddock, tackle blighted and abandoned buildings? So one of the things uh, that exists in a number of the communities in my district are people who are sitting on properties as investments and refuse to use them. So um, I can think of several that we've dealt with here in in the borough when I was on council. And uh, people think they're abandoned but they're not. They're not abandoned. They're blighted because people aren't taking care of them, but the taxes are paid. So you can't send them to sheriff's sale and you're just really kind of stuck dealing with them. You can cite them and people will fix them up enough to not get cited again or whatever. But everybody's kind of has this mentality of, well, remember what East Liberty was like and then Google and Duolingo and Trader Joe's and all these things showed up. So if I just sit and wait long enough I'd be a fool to send, sell my property for $50,000 when maybe Google will buy it for a, a million stops down the bus line. Yeah, yeah. give me a million dollars. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I uh, introduced what I call use it or lose it legislation. So if you have five years history of being cited for blight on a property, even if your taxes are paid, we're going to have a hearing about it to provide you with due process. You're going to have an opportunity to use it, but there will be no more opportunity for people to sit on properties. I can think of one here in my own borough. A woman inherited it in 2001. 
It's 2023 now, and she's never used it for anything. This is a commercial building. She's never used it. She's never rented it. She won't sell it. People offer her money for it, and she won't. So that is, and she doesn't live here. She lives in Monroeville. And it has a detrimental effect, I'm assuming, on the rest of the business district or on the other houses around it. And that's the thing. There are people, I'm a small business owner. I have, you know, a solo law practice. I started my law practice over in Wilkinsburg when we lived there. And I belong to their mentoring program, their small business program since 2015. So I know that there are businesses looking for space in this area, but people will not move out of these buildings. People will not sell them. People will not rent them because they're just sitting there hoping that they're going to have a big cash cow and they won't let anybody use them. So it's really detrimental, not only to the aesthetics of a community, but to people who want to be able to start a business. And, and that's why we see them, you know, they end up in, in Westmoreland County or Washington County building on some greenfield on some farm space that's being unused rather than taking advantage maybe of, of some of the properties we already have on brown, brownfields. But let, let me ask you because we've also seen and, and you alluded to this in East Liberty and, and some of the east end of, of the city of Pittsburgh. There has been a lot of new development over the last 10 years and we've seen kind of a migration out from the city of Pittsburgh into places such as, as Swissvale and uh, East Pittsburgh. And, and so there's, there seems like there's some new interest in those communities. What are some strategies for, in, in your mind for um, attracting more people into the 34th district and then retaining them, uh, whether that's residential or, or commercial development? I think that one, again, one of the biggest things that people mention to me is schools. So one thing that I see that's very common is uh, singles or uh, young couples or people without kids, like my husband and I don't have children ourselves, um, will move to these communities. But then as soon as their kids turn about five, uh, maybe four or five years old, they're off to somewhere else because they want to go to a different school district. So I think that having the highest quality schools possible, which I hope will be um, more possible now that we are uh, more appropriately funding our education system, since the previous version was declared unconstitutional by the courts, um, I think that that will help to attract and retain because not just attract, but retaining people long term so that you don't just have this, you know, five year turnover situation that we've been having. Um, but I think also we have to make sure that public transportation is readily available. Um, we learned that the P3 was going to be cut off past the Wilkinsburg stop. That's a huge loss for our area. Uh, it's important to maintain public transportation. Because there are a lot of people who uh, moved here to work in Oakland or somewhere, yeah. and they just wanted to be able to hop on the busway. My husband does that to go downtown for his job. So he wanted to be able to you know, have an area where you can just hop on the busway um, and off you go. But I do think it's also important that people see this area as a place where you can live, work, and play. Uh, so it's important to fill up some of these vacant areas with things that are small businesses that make up a character of a town, and people want to stay here and feel comfortable being here as well. When we had uh, your colleague, State Representative uh, Matt Gurgley, on a, a couple of months ago, uh, one of the things he said is that he'll, he'll have a job interview next year, basically, and, mm-hmm. and he'll have to prove, you know, what did, what did you do since you've been in office? What, what will you hope that you'll be able to point back to as an accomplishment um, a year from now, uh, two years from now? What, what will your prog- what, in, in your mind, what will your progress report be uh, two years from now? 
or a year from now? So I, I would like people to know, uh, for instance, that I, I did the grants training with every local municipal official who wanted to attend. I had a town hall so they can tell me what they want me to work on on local government committee. And I reported back on anything they wanted feedback on so that I can liaise with them, got them meetings with PennDOT, PUC, Water Authority, um, based on what they asked for. Uh, I'm running the Blight Bill Municipal Assistance Grant. I'm going to be running a bill to create a tax claim bureau to, again, fight blight. Um, I'm running a lobbying reform bill. I'm running a work from home rights bill. Uh, I'm going to be running some environmental justice legislation related to pollinators, um, getting cancer causing chemicals that kill pollinators out of our uh, stores. Um, I am also working on launching the nonprofit caucus. 15% of Pennsylvanians are employed by a nonprofit, but we have no venue in the state government to deal with that. So I'm launching with the help of Pennsylvania Association for Nonprofit Organizations in the United Way, a uh, joint Senate and um, House Democrat and Republican uh, caucus to specifically address nonprofit issues. That'll be launched on the 21st. Um, we're going to be having a press conference in Harrisburg. We're going to be doing a small business program in Wilkinsburg uh, later this month in June. We'll have a nonprofit resource event, uh, most likely July, August area, and a policy hearing on how the state government can help local nonprofits because I have 297 nonprofits just in my district. So um, I'm hustling. We're working on things. <laughs> St- uh, State Representative Abigail Salisbury represents the 34th District. You can reach her through her district office at 501 Braddock Avenue. The number there is 412-273-3400. You can also contact her on Facebook or you can go directly to her website at pahouse.com slash Salisbury. Uh, State Representative Salisbury, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Happy to talk to you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you all for listening this morning to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. On Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Thank you.